Would you believe it if I told you that Kevin and I have 30,000 books on our recording table right now? And if we did, is that a good thing? We're talking about it today on Surviving Seminary. Welcome to Surviving Seminary. Today we are going to be talking about, that was kind of a cryptic opener right there, but today we're going to be talking about some of the benefits between paper books and ebooks. So this might seem like kind of a fickle discussion to have, but it's really not. Um, Books are an essential part of seminary. They're an essential part of higher education in general, and they also cost a lot of money. So this is no small investment that you're making when it comes to a library and to books that you're going to have on your shelf or on your device, as the case may be. So we think this is an important thing to talk about, and we also want to talk about uh, many of the pros and many of the cons, either of hard copy books or uh, books in electronic form. Yeah, so... Talking about the benefits of ebooks here, one of the benefits is portability. The fact that we have 30,000 plus books with us in something that's about six inches tall and a few inches wide is pretty amazing, where we can carry things on our phones, on our tablets, on our computers, and we can easily pack up an entire library. If, for example, if we need to go travel and we're speaking at a location or we're going to a conference or whatnot. Um, another one that we want to talk about is searchability, because, um, if you've ever been, uh, writing a paper and you have a book in hand that you want to make a citation from, and you just cannot remember where that was, uh, what page it was on and you're flipping around trying to find it and it can be a big time killer for you. And so an ebook is, um, it's, uh, it's also searchable is that you can look for specific words or phrases, or even just if you're thinking about a certain concept, you can think about um, what what was that that I was looking for, and you can search um, via different via different things to find what you're looking for. Also, uh, that means you can copy and paste uh, from a book uh, and and make a direct quote in your uh, in your paper as you're writing. Uh, although we do want to emphasize here, uh, we are not uh, when I say copy and paste, that can sound kind of ominous and that can kind uh, kind of sound uh, sinister as far as like plagiarism goes and so we just want to uh, cover ourselves here and say that we are not not advocating for plagiarism when we're talking about ebooks and how you can copy and paste from them don't um, do it right we are talking about the ability for you to take a quote from your book um, that you're that you're drawing it from and sure paste it in to your uh, to your paper and then please, please thoroughly cite it so that you don't get in trouble with plagiarism. Yeah, and I would say that the searchability feature is what makes, uh, especially if you have things like Greek or Hebrew lexicons, uh, amazing on an ebook because you can skip right to where that is rather than flipping through dozens of pages trying to find the letter that you're looking for and then find the entry you're looking for or whatnot. I think I'm pretty much convinced now that anytime I need to buy reference works like dictionaries, lexicons, multi-volume works, things like that, it's going to be electronic because, I mean, that takes up so much space on a shelf, not to mention, as you say, the flipping through. Um, 
why don't we talk about availability now? Yeah, so it's it's great uh, from a different standpoint. What if you realize at the last minute that the library is closed and you need a book ASAP for your paper? Well, you might be able to get an electronic version of it and have it within moments uh, rather than uh, waiting at least two days if you have some kind of expedited shipping service um, or weeks before you need it. So it's great if it's a last minute, oh, I've got to have this right now type of a deal. You can get it really quickly. You can also uh, get it on many different potential uh, venues and sites. Uh, obviously, the ones that come to mind are uh, getting a Kindle book. But um, these days, you can get not just a Kindle book, but um, you can get electronic books, the same books a lot of times uh, for your Bible software. I'm thinking particularly of Logos uh, right now. Accordance is um, focused a little bit more strictly upon the biblical text, whereas Logos is um, advertised a little bit more so as a library that you can take with you. That means that you can find a lot of options as far as if you want to find the lowest price. That means that you can go to either the Kindle book or if you can find it on Logos. I would imagine it's probably a little less expensive if it's a Kindle book, that kind of thing. But you have those options. And um, and so that leads us into the category of price. Yes. So especially earlier on when this was a newer technology, it was very easy to find ebooks that were pennies on the dollar for a physical book. Now it's starting to get to where, uh, you know, suppliers have caught on that people need these books, whether they're electronic or hardback. So it's starting to get to where it's a little bit more pricier. And as Jason pointed out, sometimes logos books are a little bit more expensive even than Kindle books or book nook books from Barnes and Noble. Um, and that some of that is the fact that they're cross-referenced with each other. So you can click on a scripture citation in this one, and it'll pull up uh, the scripture citation in your Bible, in your Logos app, or whatnot. And so you're paying a little bit more for that. Right, yeah. All that takes time. It takes effort. And so the price of a Logos book, for example, will reflect that over other options. Also, ebooks allow for um, certain special ways of 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 taking in the content of them that aren't necessarily just reading it. Uh, there are ways to say, for example, if you have the book on your phone, you can change your phone settings to um, exploit the uh, text-to-speech settings on your phone so that it's actually reading the book to you. And we do have a companion survival tip that is um, that can give you special instructions as to do that, whether you are on an iOS device or an Android device. So... That survival tip has um, a lot of caveats and a lot of things that you have to take with some caution as far as what it takes to to change your phone around to do that and um, some of the challenges and potential downsides as well. Um, speaking of downsides. Yeah, so there are complications with the accessibility features. Um, as he said, it, it can change the whole way your phone is operating. Um, it can when you are using uh, voiceover or talkback, it will do nonstop reading. Um, and so starting and stopping again can be kind of tricky during that. And there are different um, operating systems that can only read certain apps. And so not all of your books, if you have it in an, an app that is not conducive to that uh, talkback or voiceover feature, 
you may just be out of luck on that. So it really also depends on the kind of book you're reading. Uh, for example, if you've got something that's got a lot of pictures or graphs, um, it can be really confusing what the uh, phone is reading back to you on those. To get a little bit more into some of the other downsides of ebooks in general, um, it has to be recognized that when you buy an ebook, you're not actually buy- obviously you're not buying a book that you can hold in your hand, except as far as your device is concerned. You are technically buying a license to access digital content. So, um, what if your computer crashes or your phone? Um, is down for the count. Obviously, you can get from the cloud, you're, you can get it again. It, it's all synced to the cloud these days. So there's that. But there's also kind of this looming worry, at least for me, what if this business that I have gotten this book from suddenly goes under? I'm thinking about uh, another Bible software that wasn't necessarily all that much about um, library-type uh, collections as say logos is but um when bible works went under somewhat recently within the last year or so that was um that was a a big hit to a lot of people who use bible software and so the thought kind of came to me like what if one day like logos goes out of business what happens to all these books that i have in my library at that point i would still have them downloaded to my computer but then what you know there it seems as though the complications of that sort of situation would be pretty uh would be pretty significant as far as a downside i I kind of feel like logos has kind of cleared that hurdle they're getting um to be a little cynical about it they're getting more into a profit driven sort of model you know they they know how they're advertising they know how uh they've kind of figured out how to make money on this it seems as though they're kind of winning that battle as far as all the different Bible softwares. And it's probably also not that likely that Amazon is going to suddenly um, go under or go belly up. So I I guess maybe that's a little bit of a worry that I have that's a little illogical, but it's there. The other problem that you might run across is citation. Um, A lot of eBooks do not have uh, the pages lined up to where you know, okay, I've now switched from page five to page six or whatnot. And it can be really tiresome. Uh, Some professors will allow you to put a Kindle location number or what, but that's just really, um, that's kind of asking your reader to get a Kindle version of your book in order to be able to double check your work, which can be problematic. So you kind of if you're using this to support an argument in a paper or just give some background information, it can be a little bit difficult and almost counterproductive in that sense. This is getting better, I will say. Um, more Kindle books now are containing page numbers that are corresponding to the actual page numbers of a physical book. This is really important. And um, I would recommend that if you're looking into buying a Kindle book that you look at this, uh, you look at the Uh, the details of the book and see if it shows that it has page numbers or if it just has Kindle location, because a lot of times the details for that resource will actually uh, show you whether or not it does. And that might, um, that might determine your, your choice because uh, you're right. uh, I have had instances before where it was the other side where the teacher said, no, you need to avoid Kindle books. Like I put Kindle location 
uh, in the citations. And, you know, he, he marked that and said, you know, avoid that kind of resource. And, um, and I had to buy the book in a separate format so that I could, so that I could cite it correctly. So that was, um, that was a, a, an inconvenience for sure. Yeah. So we've talked a little bit about the cons now of ebooks. So what are some of the benefits of paper books? I mean, one thing is, uh, the lack of eye strain, um, and the fact that, uh, it will help you in your sleep patterns. If you're up in a dark room reading a phone, uh, for your book, it can keep you awake, which might be a good thing if you have to get this read tonight kind of a thing, but it might also disrupt your sleep patterns to have all that blue light, ultra blue light flashing into your eyes. Another thing about it is you can put your finger on a page. Um, and that is, I, I don't know, that seems like a simple thing, but when I am looking back and forth between two areas of a book, because I want to understand what's being said in one part and how it relates to what's being said in another part, it's really great to be able to have your finger on a page. I don't have to remember the page number. I don't have to remember to click the back button. Just my finger is right there. I can just flip right back there to it. It's just, it's simple, obviously. And another thing is that you actually really own it. You know, you own that book. I said a, a, a few minutes ago that you own with an ebook, you own a license to access digital content. But if you buy that book, it's yours. It's on your shelf, um, and you can and you can access it completely, totally. It's yours. Yeah, no uh, apocalypse uh, of the electronic kind is going to ruin your day. You'll still be able to cite Karl Barth and whoever else you need to I, in your paper. I know I'm paranoid here, <laughs> but I don't know. Of course, the greatest benefit of all with owning a paperback book is that you just look a whole lot cooler with a big shelf full of huge books that oh, yeah. people think you've read. Oh, man. Just the, the status that you will... Um, achieve by having a nice big full bookshelf like that but paper books have their downsides and um obviously as we talk about this uh some of this is just going to sound a little bit like a mirror image of what we've been talking about of benefits of of ebooks because in a certain way the benefits of ebooks uh correspond to the downsides of paper books so if you want to travel or if you want to move somewhere even just moving across town or something, that's a lot of weight to have. If you have a big library, that's a lot of weight to have carrying and hefting from one place to another. I mean, I don't know how many times you've had to move a physical library or help somebody move a physical library, Kevin, mm -hmm. but a lot. It, it's a killer on yeah. your back. And so if you just have the ebook, I mean, it's in your pocket and you're good to go or on, on your computer or whatever, but paper books get heavy. And yeah. so, so that's not, that's obviously a downside. And it, it, they take up a lot of space too. So, uh, if you live in a place, for instance, Jason and I both live in family housing here on the seminary and we don't have a ton of space for a physical library. Um, it's kind of nice to have all of your books in one small little place. So now that we've talked about this topic, um, benefits and downsides a little bit more abstractly, uh, we want to talk about our own experience and how this has actually worked for us in reality. So 
when I first came to seminary, I was really just buying all physical books and um, and didn't have ebooks on my mind at all, uh, just because I think that sometimes I get caught like thinking in a box um, and figuring, well, that's the way that I need to buy my books, right? Maybe that's the place that you're in if you're listening. But um, then I think it was a professor actually who um, kind of maybe not even directly even talking to me, but just mentioning it in class, the fact that certain books were being available on Kindle now. And I found suddenly that there were a lot of books available on Kindle that were textbooks that I needed for my classes. And so I thought, you know, am I going to Am I going to do this? I mean, this is kind of a big change, but I tried it out for a semester, and what I found was that I was a much better highlighter when it came to electronic books. If you compare, I suppose maybe we should have put this in the in the previous section, but if you compare the motion of drawing line after line after line of highlighting in a physical book, that's uh, a lot easier to do when you just have to tap a location and then drag your finger and then that creates the highlight for you. And so that particular semester, I found myself reviewing a lot better because I was highlighting more actively the things that I wanted to remember. So that was um, that was important. And um, I would say that it, I, I have bought ebooks potentially every semester since, at least uh, for some of my courses uh, and at least some of the books in those courses. So it has proved very useful to me. And also the thing was, is when I bought those books electronically, it wasn't just the note taking. I saved a ton of money uh, because in general, like we said, they're usually a little bit cheaper. But then again, I was just using Kindle books at that time. So um, these days it's a little bit different, but I did save a lot of money by doing my books on Kindle. I would say that all in all, it's been a benefit to me. At the same time, I've started to kind of regain my appreciation for paper books. So these days, um, my choice is um, a little bit determined by the kind of book that it is. If it's a reference work with a lot of pages and not very easy to flip through and find things um, on paper, then I will buy it electronically. I mean, especially because I don't have the shelf space for that, for multi-volume dictionaries or encyclopedias or lexicons. That is, I'm better served getting that electronically because I can complete my work way more efficiently. But if it's a monograph um, or just, you know, an ordinary uh, book on a single subject or something like that for a course, um, oftentimes now I will buy it in hard copy so that I can, um, so that I can rest my eyes a little bit more. And I still, and I still highlight. I, I, it was funny because electronic books helped me to be a better highlighter. And then I transferred that, that new skill <laughs> over to physical books. And oh. so that was kind of a, kind of a unexpected benefit. Yeah, and I'm I'm kind of the opposite. I came in to seminary really loving ebooks. Uh of course, I got in when they were very new and so I could get like reference sets that were like $1000 and I could get them for like 100 bucks or whatnot. Um and so I came in singing the praises of ebooks and kind of almost maybe being a little bit snobbish towards hardback books and being really annoyed with them. But you know what I found out was um, right now I'm getting into the stage where I'm starting to work on my dissertation and my dissertation has a lot of data entry um, it, as its base research right now that I'm doing. 
And I have this book that I'm working on. I have a electronic version of it. I have a paper version of it. And to do what I'm doing, I also have a version of it on my um, Bible software so that I can easily copy and paste things out of it into this. But I found it was really frustrating. And I have I have three monitors on my computer, but it was really annoying to be in my database on one, my Bible software. That sounds like a pretty amazing computer for you to have three uh, three monitors on your laptop. Yes, and that is a... If you can get more than one monitor to your computer, I highly recommend it for your work in seminary. We are talking external monitors, right? Yes. Not like uh, not like a tree or something. Right. I don't have a tree. Branches with screens on it. <laughs> right. All right. Yes. I wish I had one of those that you see on some of the high sci-fi uh, movies where they've got the screen projected in the air in front of you and you can just touch things on your, your with your hands and whatnot. But no, uh, so it was really frustrating that, like I was saying, to have uh, your database up and have your Bible software up, and then I'm like electronically looking through this book, and I found myself going back to the paper book and bringing more simplicity. There were less windows in my life at that moment, and I could just look down and read it and then do what I needed to do on the screen to make that happen. And so there are just times where you need to have an actual physical copy in front of you, even if you have an electronic version available. So we hope this has been useful to you. We know that this, again, this is not the biggest, most pressing issue that you're going to have in seminary, um, especially if we consider the ways in which we are being spiritually formed in seminary, the ways in which we are growing as followers of Christ. This is obviously something that feels off to the side when compared to all that stuff, and that's fine. But at the same time, we know that, again, this is a huge part of what goes on in seminary, the schoolwork that you do, the coursework that you do, the papers that you write, and the works that you reference. So uh, we want to offer this as far as advice that you might be able to take with you and choices that you might be able to make that best suit you in your needs at seminary. Yeah, and before you go, I just want to recommend that you check out that survival tip about how to turn your digital content into audio voice. We also want to encourage you to contact us if you have any questions or if you want to share your stories about how you've gotten your books, whether it's ebooks or hard bo- uh, hardbound books. And uh, you can go to our Facebook page at Surviving Seminary Podcast and you can uh, find links to our email and contact us that way. So thank you for listening, and we hope you join us again on Surviving Seminary. Bye, guys.